morning, everyone. Welcome to Counterparts. Uh, John Henry Soto here along with George Batista, as always. And welcome to our show. We're going to, I'm in a little bit of a mood. I'm going to let George do uh, a little bit. We're going to have some fun. We're going to be talking about classic TV shows. And I don't know, are they better? Are they more better? Are they worse? <laughs> are they different? Is it making the world a better place? We're going to talk about that and a lot more. So come on back. Yeah, I'm just tired. I think um, I had a long week as I was, you and I were talking about it, doing some editing stuff for a project that I'm working on for my uh, my day gig. And it was just a lot of editing and a lot of work. And so I had a long, because then I got back from Baltimore, went mm -hmm. right into editing for that whole weekend, then the week, then this show, and then the week again, editing. Then the weekend, and now I'm here. So I'm like, wow. Woo. So I, I, mean, I did have some nice breaks in between. Mm -hmm. you know, so you know, got to hang out with my son. Yesterday we went somewhere. Um, was it yesterday? Or they, at, some, at some point, we went to this amusement park thing. It was like um, it was a bowling alley, but then it has all this uh, amusement stuff, and they have laser tag, they have roller skating, they had um, – this thing called laser frenzy they had bumper cars and we did all of that so that was fun and uh exhausted from that but but it was good and uh and now we're here how you doing i'm doing well and uh yeah we have one of those actually uh not too far here yeah they're fun i mean you can knock out a, a billion things and <laughs> yeah very true god you can you know, so I thought when I got on roller skates for the first time since uh, wow. I used to roller skate all the time. And yes. And uh, yeah, I got on and I was, I could still stay on. I, was, I went around and I was like, oh, okay. My son could not get it. <laughs> he was hanging out. <laughs> he kept falling. He's like, he's like, I am not good at this. <laughs> that would be pretty much me at, at that point. My, my daughter actually, find, she's she's gotten pretty good at it. You know, yeah. she doesn't go a lot, but but she kind of got the concept. But it took a while too, though. Yeah, it's fun. Did, did she do the the real roller skates with the four wheels on each, or is it the? No, she does the real roller skates. Um, she does want the she she does want the blade ones. Yeah, I don't like those. those but are... um, but no, she goes. She does the she her actually her grandfather bought her a pair um for one birthday. Cool. And uh, yeah, so she's used those. It's pretty good. I had I had those skates on and um. A long time ago and some some kids were looking at it and they were like you got those skates from the 60s <laughs> i was like it's the 80s all right it was a lot of good shows in the 60s and the 80s, by the way that's true yeah well that's what we're talking about today well you know you know i would say 70 to 80 percent of the television i watch when i do watch television shows are from those times yeah well it was a softer time where the shows had to be funny. They didn't yeah. have to be relevant. Mm. You see? Mm. Mm. And I think that's one of the big differences. And I, I'm sure that we're going to talk about that 
in today's episode. Um, we should probably just do our uh, our sponsor first, and then we're going to be talking about. about yes. That. Okay. So let's do that first. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. The Counterpart Show is brought to you by Wellness Resources, a family-owned and operated nutritional supplement company providing the highest quality clinically formulated supplements since 1985. Make sure you find out why Wellness Resources supplements are the top choice of health-conscious individuals around the world. Check them out at myvitaminresource.com. If you enter the promo code COUNTERPARTS, you will get free shipping on your order. And on top of that... You will you can take advantage of their uh, monthly specials, which is today or tomorrow actually will be the last day to get their specials on weight management supplements and the leptin control pack. So it's 25 to 30% off on that. Believe me, folks, you will not regret these supplements. I've been using them for a long time and I swear by them. So again, it's myvitaminresource.com. All right, and we're going to be talking about classic TV shows today. Some of our favorites there you see on the screen, and of course, just so many. It was just it was such a great time for television. Again, because, in my opinion, there was no hidden agenda behind some of these shows. Some of these shows they were just shows. You know, they were shows that had. Uh, some of them had a purpose. Some of them had a meaning. Some of them had like MASH, for instance, had like a deeper meaning because it was yes. about the Korean War and there was a lot going on. And But it was a, a comedy show, obviously. Um, even Star Trek kind of, had, you know, went into some, you know, social, social uh, issues, uh, issues and issues. And, mm -hmm. and they covered that a little bit. But it was done within the confines of that world. And it didn't go out of they didn't take what was out there and put it into the show it took what was in gene rottenberry's mind about what was going on there and incorporated right. it into, into the, show the show itself and the show was you know kind of reflected that but it wasn't like a um um so obvious it wasn't you know it was very subtle on what it was trying to do but it got the point across and again all of these are my opinions, and because I'll say I'm a little crabby, so I might actually go off on some of these shows. But if it, it's it's interesting. No, it, George, I, listen, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't Folks, start. He, he gets like this sometimes. He needs to just take his little pill, and then he'll be better. Little pill. <laughs> Little John, the little pill that the doctor gave you. You remember, you have to take, take a nap that. today, John. Did you take a nap? <laughs> Uh, yeah. We all know this. John, John, John has an imbalance in here. That's been proven not to exist. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so, but no, what's interesting is that when you look at that, back then, the creators, I mean, because there was always, there was always the executives, right? The corporates that, you know, run the, the, the thing. There was always that, that whole thing, you know, you know, CBS existed way back in the 60s or whatever. But the people who, who created the shows were able to were able to just create and then, like you said, incorporate, hey, you know, let's take a, some of those things that are happening incorporated into this show versus today 
where now they're pressured where they have to take something and actually put it into the show right forget about the creativity piece right it's no 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 you have to take what's out there and they're almost kind of forced to do it in a, in a certain way they are they are forced to do it because the sponsors are the ones mm -hmm. that are forcing them to to some of the sponsors anyway but we also you know all these network nbc abc cbs or maybe abc later but i know nbc for sure you know they were all radio shows way before television right. came out so right. a lot of the shows that translated or that transferred over to television had originally be begun on radio right. and the situation the situation comedy was born out of radio you know because there were situation comedies on mm -hmm. on radio and then they tra transitioned um but when you look at at uh well, let's look at the sitcom for a second because this is mm -hmm. kind of like all the shows that we're probably referring to, or a lot of them have to do with that, um, with the sitcoms. But if you go back to the early, early, early sitcoms and you go to Danny Kaye, uh, I Love Lucy was like the that was like the show that kind of like broke, you know, records and all that right. stuff, and it was the number one show, uh, for a lot. But before that, you know, we had like Danny Kay, we had a uh, um, we had Sid Caesar, right? The Sid Caesar Hour, and we had that amazing run where they were creating. It wasn't necessarily a a situation comedy; it was more a variety show. But they had a lot of comedy on it, mm -hmm. and it was on a stage, and it had an audience, and you know all the all the things that we're familiar with, right? Because that's what right. it did, right? It created mm -hmm. something that we can be familiar with, and we could identify quickly. Okay, this is a show about a family. Right. Great, let's go. You know, no, there was no this deep thinking where today, you know, you watch a show like uh, Breaking Bad, which is a great was a great show or or um, one of these other um, series. What's the other one? The um, the dark one, the really dark, the very famous dark one. Anyway, I can't remember. But um, all these shows have a lot of um, you have to be very emotionally involved. You have to throw yourself into this world and sometimes it can be a little exhausting it's very draining it's very um it 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 puts you in it makes you feel uncomfortable some some of these shows you know the the i'm talking about the ones in the last 20 years right mm -hmm. um and that that to me is the big difference between the the sitcoms that were developed in the 50s that kind of went over to the sixties with the Brady bunch and, and all those other shows that there was a, an understanding that this was pure entertainment to pull you off of being right. too heavy and being too dark and things like that. You know I mean? There were shows that were, you know, the, the Western, <clears throat> the Westerns were big, right? Yeah. So Westerns, uh, you know, you had the Rifleman, right? You had the mm -hmm. uh, Bonanza and you had these kind of TV shows that were, kind of fun shows but they did have their little edge to them you know what i mean but they're, they're westerns and that was the yes. genre of the, the western you know right when you're talking about the situation comedy which really what was the last what what do you think was the last situation comedy that people can look at and be like oh yeah this was funny this was this didn't make me you know have to think of like social injustices in the world well, for not me, that I don't think that they don't exist. I know they exist, but if I'm spending half an hour to be entertained, I want to laugh. I want to watch Three's Company. 
You know, right. I want to watch something that is just entertaining and it's funny. Well, for me, I would say one of the last ones was, I would say, what, maybe Big Bang Theory? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a huge, huge show. Um, you know, and, that, and, that show also kind of stayed in its, I don't want to say its lane, but it, it evolved only as, as, as the characters did different things, but didn't evolve as what the premise of the show was, right? Like, like the characters, it's sort of like Cheers, mm -hmm. right? Cheers ran for 11 years and it was always the bar, Sam Malone and the, the people around. Yes. That kind of stayed, they kept that. It, it, it kept the main thing, the main thing, basically. Main thing, just, yeah. 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 Where some, some shows kind of can go, I think that's where they lose themselves a little bit. Right. Right. They kind of go into other areas and they try to evolve. And I think they lose the, the main thing that was actually made it successful. True. No, true. Yeah. Um, and you're right. That's one of the things. And when you go back to like the fifties, yeah, they, everything was very quick, like kind of cookie cutter family, you know, what, well, you know, was it father knows best type of. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The baby boomer thing. era, you know, right. it was pre-war, uh, post-war. Right, exactly. But then, then you get into the 60s now, right? When you go from 50s to 60s, do you start to see a little bit of a change in certain things, right? Yep. Even even on Star Trek, right? They 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 were tackling certain issues kind of indirectly, right? Uh -huh. The yep. first interracial kiss on TV. I mean, that's yep. that's a huge thing, right? Uh -huh. But they they were they were starting to they were starting to put you know certain things in there, but they were still a lot of there's still a lot of cookie cutter stuff. I think everything changed. In the seventies, I think what changed it was drugs. You mean they were all on drugs? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think that the fifties we had this wholesome kind of thing coming in, and and maybe it was unrealistic. You know, maybe it was pushing the family unit to become what they wanted it to become, what they thought it should be. The man works, the wife is at home with the kids. You know, and and he's the king of you know the king of the castle, or he's uh, the whatever. And I thought that um, that that was forced, or or, or maybe maybe I feel that maybe that was forced. Dick Van Dyke, one of my favorites, right? Dick Van Dyke show, the Mary Tyler Moore show right. show came afterwards. Now remember, Mary Tyler Moore in a, on the Dick Van Dyke show was very housewifey. Right. And then Mary Tyler Moore shows suddenly she's a working woman, right? She's single, she's independent, you right. know. And it, it happened through that through those that decade mm -hmm. when there was a lot of experimentation on with uh, LSD and drugs and the music scene came through all that. And there was just a heavy, heavy, heavy drug scene in Hollywood. I mean. <laughs> It's still there. I mean, there's other horrible, even more horrible things going on there. But at least this drug thing that really, um, I feel, pe clearly penetrated these shows because as as they went on past the 60s and went into the 70s, you started seeing a lot of different types of uh, uh, of things being okay in the 70s. Things that were like like you know, we, obviously we can't talk about the 70s shows without talking about Norman Lear and who developed so many of those show, shows that were very controversial at the time, you know, right. and it created um, 
it, it created a conversation, you know, it, and, and that I think was where for me things started losing. And I love Norman Lear and I love his writing and I love those shows. But if I look back on it now from this view, from where I am today, I can see that that's where things started to change, where they started to bring in outside, you know, uh, what was happening outside and forcing it into episodes and into shows and into the whole genre of these shows became what was happening out in the world, whether it's Jefferson's, All in the Family, Good Times, Sanford and Son. It all had to do with struggles of that family, whereas in the 50s and, and even in the, to the mid-60s, we had the wholesome family unit. Something happened. You know, some people say it was also psychiatric medications that were on the rise during that that era, right? Because that is the era where they kind of started popping their, you know, selling their stuff. Um, and that started changing. Everybody was talking about Valiums. Remember, on the on these shows, take a Valium. Take a Valium. Take a Valium. Right. That was like right. a... A constant thing. Everyone talked about volumes, you know. So, um, so that 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 to me is where things started changing. And I'll turn it over. Do, but do you think that it would have been realistic? In, in the, in when you huh? <laughs> do you think that it would have been? <laughs> do you think that it would have been realistic for for television? to kind of stay as wholesome as it was it should being that the time but being that the times if you but, look at the 70s yeah. but the, the times were changing that's okay? my point the times were changing but they were not changing for the better no but what i'm saying is that you you i think i think there's 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 also the there's also the thing of being like like you okay we talked about like big bang theory just being big bang theory right that's fine and i get that but then but do, do you not think that there should be shows that do bring in some of this stuff also that that do make people think and say you know i mean they they did it they did it in a way where we're still comical they did it in a way where it was just there right the 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 african american woman being married to the white guy and that being a funny thing in there, it was just there. It was just written into the show. Um, and, you know, and even the comedy behind that was all written into the show as just yeah. there. But, I mean, you have to understand that also the, the writers were really great. Correct. Right? The writers were really great at that, at that time. Um, and so they can take something that was outside a social issue and bring it into a, a comedy world and make it do that, make it fit in. I mean, even if you go back and you listen, you know, even if you go back earlier and you go to um, uh, the Dick Van Dyke show and, uh, you know, My Three Sons, you know, and, and really look at those shows, there were social issues that were there. They just weren't pushed down your throat as right. much as in the 70s where the whole episode had to do with a certain thing. Now, uh, within that, now, it wasn't the whole series. Like, let's take a show like like All in the Family, for instance, right? They had a tremendous run with just being funny, right? right? Just funny. Now, of course, that was a very, that show started with a, a heavy conservative, which they always made look to be like a, like a fool, and mm -hmm. then uh, a, a very, very liberal guy, and they kind of always clashed. Right. And then you had 
the uh, the black neighbor. You had the the, Je the Jeffersons, mm -hmm. um, and that became a whole thing. Then you had, you know, guests coming in. You had a uh, you had a transvestite that they called them transvestite back then, right? They, right. Um, who was on on all in the family, which was a big deal to have something like this on television, right? Um, like you said, uh, you know, uh, uh, inter uh, racial marriage, another right. big thing, you know, so they could have all those things. Those aren't the things that I'm talking about. You know, I'm, I'm not talking so much about, about that. What I'm talking about is the shows didn't make it seem like there was hope as much as the shows in the 50s. There was always a happy ending. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm a corny guy, right? You know, I, you know, I've been accused of all my films being happy, have happy endings. I don't care. They do. I like, I like to mm -hmm. see things resolve in a way that makes sense, that it gives people the hope of something that's positive about to happen. You should direct Hallmark. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you give me a Hallmark movie, a, a script, I would I would love to do it. I would I would work for Hallmark as long as those those scripts are are have nice endings. Right. And you know, I'm not saying that there's no conflict and that there isn't things that are surprising in it or or that there's some tragedy within the that frame, but it should end with some type of a hope. Because when people go to the movies, they go to the movies to escape. They don't go to the movies to come out and be like, damn, things are worse than I thought. You know what I mean? Right, and, right, and right, right. I mean, that's really, we're entertainers, right? We're, we're right. there to, to put light into the world, you know, mm -hmm. not darkness. So for me, in the, if you look at those shows from the 50s that have that positive, uh, you know, at least they ended positively. You know, you look at uh, uh, the Brady Bunch and Partridge Family and those kinds of shows. They would have had their little conflicts, and at the end, they all loved each other, and it was fine. And they kind of, we like that. I like sure, that personally. Sure, sure. In the seventies, I feel that minorities got misrepresented in in the seventies. Um, and of course, I'm not a woke person. I'm not about to say racist, you know what I mean? But it was just the way things were written in those shows, like Good Times. I could not watch Good Times because I was living. <laughs> in the projects i was living that life and this family could not get a break right it was like one horrible thing after another every time you think that something was good boom they got shot down every time you know it was just like sanford and son depressing you know just depressing overall then you had the jeffersons right moving on up and that was actually good and i was like okay cool this is cool you know and that that actually gave me a little bit of more hope you know um then you had all in the family that was he kind of like just stayed in it. And that show, first of all, All in the Family is one of my favorite shows. Yes. It made me laugh my ass off and it, it made me cry my ass off. I mean, right. there were episodes there where you were just bawling because of, of because that's how good the writing was. And that's how good those actors yes. are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was just a different time to, and it just seemed like it all happened during the 70s where, this became okay to to represent any minority group any way that they want any way that want they wanted to represent it they they did that and if you go back to the 40s you know in harlem the 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 african the blacks that were living in harlem that was a renaissance man they were running that whole place mm -hmm. there were clubs they had people with money they were you know something happened to bring that down but that was not that the good times just doesn't represent that era that was like yeah. if you go 20 years earlier that did not exist 
but suddenly here we are on television and they're living in the projects and they're poor and they can't get a break the father dies and now everybody's got to go back to work and 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 it's just one struggle after another and you know i just didn't i did not like that you know so that that was my my looking at things you know i think in the 80s they tried to make a little of a resurgence you know with more positivity and kind of you know, a full house and, uh, uh, and growing uh, pains, growing and... pains and family ties. And, you know, they tried to kind of go back and there probably was some kind of a, a realization, <laughs> realization that, <clears throat> man, we got to start uplifting people to some degree. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, you're right. I mean, in, in the seventies, I think there was a, some, you know, there was this conscious decision to, we have to show the plight of what people are going through. I think, you know, I think that was their thinking in that. They thought they were doing a good thing. Right. We have to show, we have to show struggling and and trying to just get by and stuff like that. And it's a complete contrast to the way it was and stuff like that. So, yeah. And like I said, I think that 70s is where things really started to change. And you're right. And then when we get into the 80s, now 80s, there was a lot more competition now because now you have, huh? There's more networks also more correct there's more networks but there's also more in the 80s there was more of a focus on long-form drama right the cop shows and the and the and the medical shows and the uh, you know lawyer shows some of those started in the 70s too where you had barnaby jones and frank yeah but right but they really they really flourished yeah they they kind of were the pioneers of those kind of correct right harry mason i guess you could also right kind of say but then you you get to the 80s and then it really just took off into sort of what's still going on today and we were just talking about this one before we went on the air where you know the formula for some of these shows is so it's such a formula that you can literally go to your watch and see okay it's 47 minutes somebody's going to give them the clue that they need to resolve this episode at whatever the minutes are what I, what I don't understand about some of those shows, I mean, you know, you, you're more in, you know, in the filmmaking part of, of the stuff where I am is, I mean, obviously the law and orders of the world are extremely successful. They've been around hey. for since, I mean, I've been watching law and order when I was like 19 years old. Yeah. Okay. No, they, they 20 something years. Almost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it started in the, in, in the early nineties yeah. in order. Okay. But they, but they law and order, it was exactly law and order from beginning to end, right? Yeah. It's exactly the same way. So my question is, or just, I don't know. I mean, why is that successful? Why is that? Well, that formula is not a new formula. You know, that formula was not new. If you go back to, and you can watch Columbo episodes from the seventies, you're going to see somewhat that formula, you know, you're mm-hmm. going to be able to see that uh, pretty consistently throughout a lot of those shows um what they did in the 80s was that they figured out that the um the production value of the shows of the 80s was not as high even as some of the the shows of the 70s you mm-hmm. can go and watch an episode of hunter right. and by i mean watch it i don't mean watch the acting i mean, I, I love uh fred, well, fred dreyer and, uh, and i can't remember her name but i loved her um connie something uh no stephanie stephanie something. yeah oh, yeah stephanie yeah. something yeah 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 um 
you know, not their performances, their performances were good. But if you look at overall of the shooting, the quickness, the the editing was not as as tight as like a Columbo episode from the 70s. Mm-hmm. And I think that was because there was more networks, there was more competition. We got to get, we got to create more and more and more. We got to do more and more. So we create more shows. So we had the, the, the Hunters, we had uh, TJ Hooker, we had, um, what's the other one with um, uh, uh, Tom the Selleck? Magnum, Magnum P.I. Yeah, Magnum P.I., uh, uh, the A-Team, you know, all these shows had their own, um, although the A-Team I thought was really great, and they had, to, you know, George Papard was in that. Oh, yeah, he's, and he's, he's a great actor, and I mean, yeah. and, and uh and all those guys were like really great actors, and that, that was just a fun show because that was kind of different. Right. Um, but when you, but generally the cop shows, you know, they have that formula. With Law and Order, what they did was they, they really. Pref- I mean, Law and Order has the best writing. I mean, they, they just have good writers. They also had they were shooting at a place where there was a lot of people to choose from. Remember, if you're in Law and Order one week. There's a pretty good chance you're not going to be seen again for a couple of years because mm-hmm. they already mm-hmm. saw you there. Right, you know what right. I mean? So, but New York City had so many actors and so many players, you know, that you can. I had friends that that were cops on lots of episodes. They always played cops. They were always in the background. They had their mm-hmm. uniform that they used, and every time they, there was an upgrade of the uniform, whatever, they would get that piece. To so every time they got called, they would show up for Law and Order, and they would get a day's. You know, they were union a lot of them, so they make some good money. For a couple of days work mm-hmm. um but the those shows part of the reason was because the writing was good and that formula does work because remember you have to resolve it within 57 you know 56 minutes right because right. you have the commercials and i think that even got less and less 52 minutes i think so you have to really you know resolve everything within that time frame so you have to know where you're going to start resolving things. So you can't just like start shooting it in the hopes that you're going to, you know, like Scorsese, when he was shooting uh, the Irishman, he said he's just going to shoot until he gets the story down. It turned out to be a three and a half hour movie, right? <laughs> so you can't do that with television, although today is a little bit different, but regular television still exists, right? I mean, there is still yes. network television. That is still yes. a big business thing. People say, oh, it, you know, the internet is going to kill that. It is. It is in a way, but it's still big business and it's not dead yet. Right. Um, but so so those things have to be organized in order to no, fit I, it with the sponsor. I, I, I get, no, I get that part of it. It's just that Law & Order has a very unique way of doing it. Like, because I can watch... I can watch an episode of Magnum PI. I can watch an episode of TJ Hooker. I can watch an episode of you know all those shows, and even though the the story resolves in the time frame, but the way the story goes is different every single time. Meaning that it's that they're they're they the way where they how they get to the end is different every single time. Whereas Law and Order literally has does it the same exact way. Well, they speak to the same guys at the same time, and then they get to the lawyer part, and then the lawyer, and then they get to the trap. I mean, it's yeah, you, it's yeah. literally I, you can write exactly okay, they're gonna you know talk to this guy at this time, they're gonna talk to you know what I'm saying? It's the yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean it it is, 
It is, you know, obviously there's a lot of different, a lot that goes into it. You know, when you, when you have a, when you're shooting on location, which law and order does a lot. Right. Um, in case you're just joining us, everyone, we're talking about classic television shows here and uh, um, why the new ones suck. Um, I think that I'm just kidding. No, actually there are some great shows, you know um, you know, I, I think that the, the, but, but yeah, just to, to finish up with the law and order thing, I think that, the the way that that team did it the way they had that you can say it's formulated but the way they did it was done perfect you know it's the only way it's it's good and people watch it now another thing that actually made that show successful was that syndication um came out big during the 90s with not only Remember, we used to watch syndication on maybe Channel 11 and Channel 9 in New York. Right. Maybe Channel 5 before yeah. they, Fox took over, right? Or, or before the big Fox network took over and had original programming on there. But that's where we would watch these, uh, these syndication things. Then the 90s, a lot more syndicated networks came out, a lot of more channels, a lot more stuff. So the syndication was able, these, these shows were able to be sold in big chunks to mm -hmm. other and so people started watching them a lot more. So right. there was a lot more interest in them. So in the new ones, it kind of fueled it a little bit. People can go back and watch an old episode and then kind of be like, oh, I want to watch Law & Order tonight. There's a new episode on. Mm -hmm. I just well, I just binge watched, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Now there's like a Law & Order network, you know, where you just <laughs> watch Law & Order 24-7, right? Um, but one of the things that, I, that, uh, that are interest that's really interesting is the um the sitcom itself didn't change much as far as you know the, the characters obviously changed and the writing changed some of them with some of them were better than others but the audience with the three walls a couple of different rooms you know was the same from 19 you know from danny k i love lucy to mm -hmm. all the way to up to uh i don't know king of queens and mm -hmm. the, you know the ones that were right. during that that era um that stayed the same you know that never yes. changed and, and i think that that's why seinfeld was such a huge success because it took that same thing that people can identify with and did something that nobody could figure out they, they did something that was so weird that was so off the charts that would, you know, that did not fit into that, that understanding of people that they were going to, they were going to watch a family show or they're going to watch a guy who works in, in, in this thing, you know, no, what are we watching here? Four guy, you know, four characters kind of, uh, uh, behave insane and have, you know, neurotic episodes and, uh, question everything and be upset by simple things and have conversations about nothing and those kinds of things that was a big revolutionary thing for me anyway when mm -hmm. i first saw seinfeld and i got seinfeld right away seinfeld remember it did not do well when it first came out it was called seinfeld chronicles mm -hmm. that was the actual name of the show and uh when it first came out the first episode i watched i laughed i remember talking to my brother about it and we both got it right away we mm -hmm. both understood how how insane this was and how funny this was right, you know it was right. that, that it just it's almost like watching what you're what's in your head about certain things mm -hmm. saying them but in a funny right. way right, right. Uh, so that was that was a uh, uh, to me the prop 
probably the last sitcom that had any difference to it. And from that, you know, I don't, and Friends was, was, was good, but it, it didn't change. You know, it was good writing and the actors mm -hmm. were, but when I look at Friends, like I look at, at a guy, I'm going to stop talking in a second, but I look at, um, like I look at Chandler character, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Matthew Perry, right? Yeah. Um, brilliant the way he did that character but i look at him and i think to myself and and also uh uh schwimmer also because they had the same kind of thing the double take yeah double you know that 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 thing right? right that that was jackie gleason that was fit caesar that was milton burrow that was johnny carson that was you know what i mean so Correct. all these things that 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 was done back in the 50s in, in friends they kind of made it fresh with Correct. the same kind of slapsticky kind of thing, although a little bit too sexual, you know, I think that that that, that was another another conversation about how much sex got into everything, you know, mm, at that point. Sure. Um, but but yeah, I thought that that was was something that um, when you look at some of these shows, you have to really look at where the pioneers were, and where a lot of these writers are inspired by. They're inspired by Jackie Gleason. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's part of the issue with those shows. You're, you're, you hit that spot on, in my opinion, that those guys, you're still working with writers, old school writers. You're, you're still working. Writer, yeah. Correct. You're still working with writers that were, that were maybe young at those, at those times, but watch those shows and are bringing that to yeah. the, the Seinfelds and the, and the cheers and, and, and those places. Right. Yeah. So, Whereas now, a lot of those writers are not doing anything anymore, right? They're right. they're not really doing, or if they're still around, know, they're not they're really doing, doing much anymore. Teaching, uh, they're, yeah, they're you know, yeah. You're hoping that they teach, but the but the problem is, is that you know, you're you're not getting that now. You're, well, I'll give you an example, and I'll tell you why. There was. Something that I shared, it was a black and white clip of something that was funny, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I shared it on some social media, and uh, a girl, a young girl, re replied, and she said, um, she said, oh, um, I normally don't watch anything that's black and white, but I, I did watch this, and that, it made me laugh. So I normally don't watch anything that's black, black and white. And white. Mm -hmm. So this was somebody that was in her, I don't know, maybe, whatever, 20s, mid-20s or something. So it's getting lost because it's just not becoming, it's not shared by her parents, you know, like my parents, you know, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't born in the forties and the fifties, you know, I was, I was, I was a seventies kid. Mm -hmm. Right. So I only saw, and I didn't really watch TV on this in the seventies because I couldn't understand everything that was going on when I was five or six years old, you know what right, I mean? Right. But it wasn't until when I was 10 and 11, that I was inspired by those shows of the seventies, you know, but my parents and my grandparents and my grandfather in particular would always put on the three stooges, um, you know, the, the Marx brothers, the lone ranger. And we would always watch these old black and white shows. So I grew up thinking that that was just another, a time, but it, it was also good quality stuff. Yeah. And same thing with me. Okay. Syndication was huge, right? Syndication. I mean, that's how I watched a lot of those old shows. When I was a kid, right. I, yeah, I grew up watch, watch I grew up watching I Dream of Genie and yeah. and these shows that were on 
you know, when I was a baby or before my yeah. time. Okay. Like every night. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, but when you look at, look at today, where are you going to find those shows? Right. You know, where are you going to find them right now? Well, there are networks that play them, you know, correct. Night and stuff like that. Well, correct. Okay. But who was going to, how many of the young people are going to watch them? Unless, just like oh, you right. said, unless the parents are fit. Now I do that with my daughter. Okay. Yeah. I want my daughter to know what life was like back then. Yeah, I do that so with my kids too. So I show her the old shows. I show, you know, we watched Full House and Growing Pains and and those types of shows. I even showed her clips of Dick Van Dyke. She yeah, my watches. I love uh, uh, Full House. Right. Exactly. Um, my daughter watches I Love Lucy when you know when she gets yeah. a chance to you know see old clips of video. She she loves watching yeah. that stuff. But it's because I consciously made the effort to show them that. now. Again, you have this problem where now you've got a million avenues of watching stuff, right? Between so Netflix and Hulu and, you know, and if you're not consciously seeking this stuff out, it's not there anymore. Back then when we were kids, it was on because you only had a couple of networks, right? You only had a few networks and you, it, it was either a new show or a show on syndication and that was right. it. Okay. Right. Now you've got a million things to distract you. Yeah, these kids, these kids these days have have no clue what went on. Just, back then. just the cell phone alone, right? Is, exactly. Is, so unfortunately, a lot of that stuff is going to get lost because yeah. of that. Those those shows and and all that comedy, for, you know. And then now we're bombarded with what they say is relevant now. Yeah, and, and that's why we have to really support our writers who are still on strike. And you know, uh, my heart goes out to them because what they want. If they would have just paid them what they wanted, they wouldn't have lost as much money as they've already lost, and they're right. going to lose. You know, it's not even that much, but they don't value the writers anymore because how fast? Remember, reality TV came out as a as a solution mm -hmm. to not needing writers, right? Yeah, you know, and then all these shows became successful because, and you didn't need a writer; you just needed an idiot that you told right. them you're going to go in that room and you're going to talk about this. And they go in there and they do it and somebody films it and they right. get them upset and they interbulate them and they make them fight and they put the cameras on them and somebody goes and edits this piece of garbage. And for me, it's like, you know, the writers are the ones that put it there. If, right. if there were no writers, we'd have none of these shows that we're talking about. True. None of these shows because somebody True. could develop it. Even Norman Lear developed it. He wrote some, but he had writers. Sid Caesar, we talked about Sid Caesar, a funny, really one of the funniest guys ever on television. But who were his writers? Mm -hmm. Neil Simon, Woody yep. Allen, Mel Brooks. These yep. were his writers. You know what I mean? So it's it's like, where are the writers? You know, for, for tomorrow is what I get worried about. You that's know, true. and then and now we have AI, mm. and that's a whole other thing. You know, what I mean, now AI is writing. Yeah. You know, now will AI ever be as funny as a human? No, because a, a, a AI has to experience an emotion, right? <laughs> we have to experience an emotion about something and then interpret that in a way that's going to be humorous or sad. Right. That takes a human person. That takes a spiritual person to feel. AI will never have that. Yeah, they'll grab a whole bunch of feelings from there and throw them in there. And will there be a movie or a TV show that was completely AI generated? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Absolutely, it's going to come, and it's going to yeah. come probably sooner than you think. Of course. Will there be songs and all that stuff that are AI driven? Absolutely. Will they have soul and eventually crash? 
absolutely. They will, they will, it will happen because there is no soul to them. Another thing is that people like the idea of seeing, let's talk about music for a second. Like, well, let's just talk about TV, a TV show, AI driven, right? Written all entirely by AI, even acted by AI, right? Mm -hmm. You know, AI characters and developed and all that. It's all, there's no human beings in it. And I'm sure that that's what these M MFers really want to do is to get rid of humans and just make more money because the AI is never going to ask for a raise. And that's right. what they, that's what they're building. Right? right. Isn't it exciting when you see someone that you admire from television? You know what I mean? Like, like if I were to meet, uh, uh, you know, I don't know who's, who's alive that from the shows that I like, but like Alan Alda, who's still alive. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I loved Alan Alda. You know, I mean? He was fantastic in MASH and, um, all those guys, if I meet him with AI, you're never going to get to meet any of these people. There'll True. be no humanity to them. Nobody will know anything about them. There'll be no social media behind them. Nobody will be able to experience what they're like right. because they don't, they do not exist. Yeah. They, only, they only exist in, in ones and zeros and that can only go so far. So yeah. that's, it's that's the future. It's yeah, you're right, and it, it is a it is a scary thing. I mean, that's a whole we could do a whole thing just on that, you know. Yeah, well, we talked about AI in an episode one. We actually did. Yes, you're correct. One thing I wanted to mention, um, that that we just touched on it really for two seconds. Did you have you seen, um, the any recently episode of Family Feud? No. Okay. Steve Harvey is the yeah, he's host, the, yeah. which I love Steve Harvey. I mean, he's a I funny guy. Say, I, love, I love Steve Harvey. I love Steve, funny guy and everything. But if you, if you, if you can, you know, and I've watched Family Food since I was a kid, right? Richard Dawson and, uh, and yeah. uh, there was another guy who did it. Too. Imagine Richard Dawson kissing everybody today. Right. But if you watch, if you watch Family Feud today, it is, I would say 80 to 90% of it is it's all sex, all sex, all sex. Yeah. yeah. Everything. I, every yeah, question. Yeah. Every question is, and it's not just like, you know, back in the day, they used to say, you know, when you and your wife make whoopee, you know, like that, those types right, of, right. you know, but you would get here, you would get, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm That's sitting there and I'm going, holy cow, yeah. Yeah. every question. Yeah. That's the decline of society or not society overall. I think it's, that's the decline of that medium and yes. those people that are in that world. They think that that is what's going to get people watching more, Exactly. not realizing that that's not really what interests people that much. Right. If they, if they were more interesting, you know, if they had better writers, if they had better people involved, they would get more people interested in it. But yeah. the problem is you got to pay those people. You know, you can pay a, a, a guy to write, you know, uh, juvenile, dirty jokes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you go back to the newlywed game. Remember that? Yeah. The newlywed game. So there was yeah. a lot of sexual stuff in there. Yeah. And this was the 70s. So, you know, uh, Hollywood Squares. Right. You know, you had Hollywood Squares where you had in the center, you know, you had, uh, um, what's his name? The the real famous... Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I know you. Oh my God! What, what's his name? Hello, Fresco. Uh, Hello. Yeah. What the hell is his name? Um, Paul. Paul. Paul Lind. Paul Lind. Yeah. 
Paul Lynn, you know what I mean? I mean, tremendous, I mean, ridiculously funny guy, yeah. but pretty much all sexual stuff, you know, and we're right. talking about the seventies now. So yeah. there was that stuff lingering, but there was still an, an, an innocence to it that today is just completely gone. You know, there's yes. no innocence. Agreed. Now it's just straight out. Here it is, you know, and this is as, you know, as there's no mystery to it. It's sort of like, like seeing a naked woman or seeing an, a woman with a really beautiful dress on, right? You know, nice, a nice fitted dress. You're more interested in that nice fitted dress because you, the mystery is there. You know, you're exactly. like, wow, look at this beautiful woman, right? But no, a naked girl, yeah, you're naked. Well, okay. <laughs> Next, you know what I mean? It's like, get, you know, get it, you know, let's, let's get a room and I'll be right in. <laughs> so, yeah, no, my, right. my point on it is that the decline of, western civilization and maybe eastern um is part of the reason why you know and, and it's a it's a, it's a decline that's that's been going on for a very long time and it gets uh it's trying to take our kids you know and and now we'll get into the social issues about what well we don't well we know we know that we know half of those shows would not be able to exist today Right. We know that all in the all in the family, the family writing uh, would not would there's no way that that could exist today. Number one, and I would even dare to say that the wholesome family drama or the wholesome family comedy now is lost. Because it is when, lost. I, mean, I don't because even know what when the last you, one was correct. But even if you try to come up with a wholesome family drama of comedy, they're not going to let you because you are now you are not. You you are that's not you're, you're, you're not including this one. You're not including that one. You're not including it. You're not doing it this way. You're not doing it that way. Correct. So that's gone. Correct. Right. It's. I think that it's. Um, I think it's gonna. I there will be a a surge of independent. Um, this is a prediction, of independent programming, because. Technology is given a lot more opportunities to a lot more developers to do things. So, for instance, like getting a Roku channel, which is a, I know it's a, not a it's a pain in the butt to do, but it's going to get easier and easier to do that. And if you have the programming, and you and I have talked about this numerous times about having a counterparts network where we do all our own programming, including show films, my films, friends' films. And all that stuff within one thing, which is what we're going to do eventually. I think that's going to be more and more. And, you know, the ones, you know, word of mouth will come back again. Mm. You know, it'll be like, oh, you got to check out my, you know, this guy. He has a really funny show, you know. And it's sort of like the the social media, you know, like you had. You know, nobody thought when when Facebook and Twitter and all these shows, nobody thought that someone would have someone who's not an actor, a singer, a dancer or anything have a hundred million followers. Nobody thought that that would be a thing, you know, True. True. you know how the power that you have with, when you have a hundred million followers, you suddenly have uh, the leverage of anyone on television. So this, this I think is going to, uh, it is going to seep into other areas and other, other platforms. I think, you know, all these platforms that we're on today, I think in the long term, they're going to evolve as something. Some of them will go away, just mm -hmm. like we saw platforms go away that just made a lot of mistakes. We're going to see platforms here go away. We're going to see platforms having to get restructured, 
platforms having to be purchased by someone and then restructured. Right. And we're going to see that going on. But at some point, we're going to have a whole group of creators creating stuff like what we see. One of the people that I would say the most is um, Nate Bergazzi, who's a, Bergazzi, who's a, a stand-up comedian. And he has Nate Land. And mm -hmm. he has a, a channel on uh, YouTube. And his thing is to just make people laugh. Right. Just be funny. We don't right. have to be dirty. He's a clean comedian. Right. He doesn't go out and say I'm a clean comedian because he doesn't right. have to because he's just funny. Right. You know, it's the same thing with all the guys that are on his on his uh, um, on his podcast. They're funny comedians. They don't have to, you know, use the F word to be funny. They mm -hmm. don't have to go use sexual innuendos to be funny. They're, right. you know, you know what I mean. And that viewpoint with guys like Nate and other groups you know other individuals that are and, and us people like us that really want to put out something that's going to have a little bit more uh where you can turn it on i could turn on nayland and with my kids in the room right i almost that's, can't do that with any other podcast that's that's the thing i right. can't do that with any other pie i can't do that with joe rogan even though i like joe rogan mm -hmm. i can't mm -hmm. put it on because f-bombs are everywhere right you know and right. I, again i don't i don't i i i f-bomb you know what i mean not on the show as much but mm. It's not like I have a thing on that. I'm just saying that, you know, it's it's not something that I want blasting out of out of my uh, my little uh, tube radio that I have over there. <laughs> you know, uh, I just think that 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 is something that's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. again, there's so many different mediums now, um, and you got so many different. I mean, it's it's incredible. Not the majority that like this stuff. Right. That's what kills me. It's not the majority. Do a poll. You yourself, just do a poll. Find 10 people that you know, friends, family, people at work, whatever you want to do, and ask them what show they prefer or what type of show do they prefer. Do you prefer shows that have a lot of sexual content and violence or do you prefer a show with more wholesome family values? Just ask that simple question. Right now, you, you would think, well, most people are going to say, of course, family value, family value. Yeah, because that's the truth. That's what people really, really do want. Yeah, but then why? Okay, but if 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 that was the case, why would they push that more? Because they think, first of all, I think it's an overall agenda to to weaken the mind, weaken the mind of the individual. You can control them if you can. You know, if you control, if you start putting out a lot of ideas, in visions, in flashes, a lot of quick things, especially young kids, you flash them to death with a whole bunch of stuff. You put out violence, you put out things, you put, you know, the media, you know, you put out all the stuff that's happening. You keep putting out that you put people into a state of fear. You put people into a state that they can be easily controlled. And that's what they use it. Remember, television is programming. They have programming. That programming is to program the individual to behave a certain way. So, I don't for a second think that all these shows that we're watching didn't have another agenda behind them, even mm -hmm. from the beginning, you know, till, till today. They all were selling products. They all were trying to make money. Every single one from radio show all the way to where we are today is all about making money. And how do you make money? You have to get people to watch. And how do you make people to watch? You make it either controversial. You make it uh, something uh, um, that's that's interesting Right. Or you make it, you make it funny that, you know, what a concept you make it funny. If you can get lightning in a bottle, like a Seinfeld or friends or, or the office or one of those shows, 
you know, fantastic. You know, and if that happens, if it doesn't, it's okay. We're going to still put up a lot of stuff and a lot of garbage out and we're going to just bombard people. I think there's a bigger agenda here. You know, I, well, I, really I mean, you could, well, 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 again, to me, social media accomplishes social media that. As, as okay. A whole, so I'm, I mean, these, well. these, these, how many billions of dollars go into research and development of social media platforms just to take you off task of whatever it is that you're doing yes. to, to, up to your to, scrolling. Yes. Like to, they, to they get you to watch. Scrolling, and if you like music, right. They're going to boom. Right. You know, and, and television, not only television as far as just regular television networks, okay, but television in terms of platforms, the Netflix and the Hulus, also have to compete with social media. True, but a lot of them are actually now purchased by, owned by the, the conglomerates. No, so I, I understand that, that. but That's where the, um, you know, that's where it's, it's a bit of a, a tragedy. You know, social media used to be social, right? It's not social as much no, it's not, as it is. Yeah, as a, it's, it's just an enterprise to sell products. Of course. We use it here and, you know, we have, we, we feel anyway that we have something to say, you know, um, but yet we're constantly battling, not saying the right, you know, saying the right, you know, saying the wrong thing, mm -hmm. right? We don't want to be banned. We don't want to be censored. We don't want to be blacklisted. Personally, I don't really care at my age. Right. I don't care if I get, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? It's like, I'll go somewhere else and I'll be just fine. It doesn't, it doesn't feed me. It doesn't feed my family, you know, um, right. a little bit through social media, but not as much. Right. right. Um, so, but I wanted to show some of the shows that I like. Oh, Hey. Oh, three's company. Classic mash mash. This was one of my favorite. I mean, yeah, Odd Couple was Odd really Couple. funny. Odd Couple was a great show. What a great show! Star and of Trek. course, of course. Uh, now the funny thing is, I watched, and you probably did too. Eleven, you know, at Channel Eleven, you know, PIX, uh, every every night at eleven o'clock, they had. It was the uh, at eleven o'clock started the Odd Couple. The couple, then honeymooners. Then the honeymooners. <laughs> then at at midnight, Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> Yeah, that I was did. years and years and years. Yes. And my whole evening was yes. always built around those three shows. It was just yes. consistently uh, part of my life during that time, and it was uh, it was fantastic. I loved it. Now I must, I do want to kind of give a um, a shout out to a platform that I feel, and this is just my opinion, that really um, does a lot for keeping the, a lot of those old shows alive um, and just, you know, good stuff alive in general. And that is a, that is an app or a platform that you can get on most television devices called Pluto TV. Ah, yes. I've heard of Pluto. Okay. Yeah. Pluto TV is kind of like, it's structured like regular TV, meaning that it has a guide and everything and stuff like yeah. that. But I would say 90, 80 to 90% of it is old stuff. Nice. So they have 24-7 Star Trek channels. They have old Dick Van Dyke channels. And literally, there are 24-7 channels on there, too. Wow. Um, they have Dick Van Dyke. They have Perry Mason. All the way, you know, they have Three's Company. I mean, just 
all these old shows you can watch them on these on these networks on these you know on this thing they and they have it separated by comedy and drama and all this really really cool and honestly <laughs> if i'm watching tv a lot of it is that i'm watching pluto my wife and i watch pluto all the time but they have they have two channels that are just star trek all day right but <laughs> of course i'm there you know, even Walker, Texas Ranger, and ah, and, they, yes. and they, they also have on demand too, so you can oh, watch cool. old movies on it. You can watch go ahead. Then you can watch old sitcoms on it as well that are on demand if you don't want to, you know, wait till it appears on there. Is that a subscription? I mean, we're not obviously no, it's free, it's completely uh, free. Sponsor, we'd like to be on there at some point, but yeah, no, it's a completely free uh thing now it is it is i think it's either in partnership or it's owned by cbs okay but it's completely free and they intend to keep it that way oh interesting wow I didn't yeah know. yeah they're you know obviously they they're they yeah. have a lot of sponsored I mean, commercials and stuff but yeah but um but yeah. it's a great great service we don't have cable like we don't have television we don't yeah. even have a television so i stream a lot uh, pretty much everything i watch um but that's something that I, that's interesting. I yeah, like no, that. I I suggest you you check it out because again, I don't have regular cable either. Um, but I watched I have like Roku's, and uh, in those Roku's you can download the Pluto app and you can download the Roku app and 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 just with those two you can yeah. watch tons of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And but Pluto is again if you really if you want to get into old stuff, it's really really great and it's completely free. It even has Spanish stuff. Oh wow! You know, for you know, novelas, Spanish novelas, and that yeah, type yeah. of thing. So yeah. So I, anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So definitely, and and has music channels. Oh wow! Yeah. I gotta check that out. I'm gonna write definitely that down Pluto TV. Download it on your favorite device, and enjoy. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Cool. So there you have it, folks. We uh we can probably go on and on because we had a lot to talk about within uh, the what we can actually talk about on this platform now eventually bob ross mints good <laughs> lord only george would have bob ross mints um no nothing wrong at all it's a happy world it's your world that's right do what you want with it um so one of the things that uh, we'd like to do at some point is obviously have um conversations that were a little bit more free you know obviously you know when we talk about uh, the hidden agendas on some of the programmings and stuff like that. You know, we want to break into more conversations, but eventually, if, you know, we, we will be doing more of that on other platforms, which will at this time remain uh, nameless just for for uh, our algorithms to, to not crash if you mention them. <laughs> <laughs> as bad as that sounds, that is a thing. And uh, this is something that will change. Um, because I still have faith in humanity and I think that we will be able to overcome what's currently happening in the world. Um, we just have to go out there and love each other extra hard and be kinder to, to one another. And I think that that's really how we're going to, uh, you know, overcome this, uh, what's currently happening in the world. But I do think that it's going to happen. So that's my little spiel for uh, for this for this evening. I want to thank you all for tuning in, George. As always, thank you very much, sir. Thank and you. for uh, counterparts, everyone here in the studio, great job, guys. As always, great job, Michelle. Happy birthday! Um, just want to say thank you to everybody for 
for uh, all the support and everything. We'll see you all next week. I, we're going to have a uh, special episode, actually. Um, and we will see you then. 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Visit counterpartshow.com. Visit our new website and check it out. And uh, message us there as well. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in. See you all. And as always, peace.